Hello and welcome to another episode of Sweet Gravy. This is Kurt. I'm Carmen. And we're back at it. What's going on? Oh, not a whole lot. Yeah? Yeah. Not a whole lot's going on with me. Yeah? I got to work today. I'm not very happy about it. Yeah, I got to work too. And I feel like I'm in sweat town right now. Yeah. Oh, it's like, it was like 90 degrees yesterday. Uh, at the hotel? <laughs> no. Just outside. period? Yeah, yeah period. But you guys don't have any air? Yeah, we got some air. We got some. The stairwells are hot, though. I try to take the stairs, get a good sweat going. <laughs> well, I work in the kitchen, so I'm hot as fuck all day. It's miserable. You don't like it? No, it's it's crazy. I have to go in the bathroom and like wipe the sweat off my face all day. Yeah? Yeah, pretty bad. That's gross. Then wearing a mask is obviously... Well, that should stop most of the sweat, right? No, just get in the mask. It just gets in the mask? Yeah, it just makes the mask, the mask wet. Oh, gross. Yeah, it's not, not fun. But it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing I can do about it. So. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm ready to um, hit the lottery. Yeah. You know, uh, I know you have to play to win, and typically I don't... I don't play, I don't play games, so I, I guess I'm not gonna win. Yeah, probably not. But I would like to. Yeah. Well, if you look at it like this, my sister plays all the time. Right. And she never wins. No. Cause she's wasted a lot of money playing with no return. So I don't know. If you look at it like that, we're not really missing out on nothing. I mean, you could be that lucky person and win one day. Mm-hmm. But think about how many people who their whole life they've spent money on a lottery every single day and never win. Yeah, they never make it. Never win. <laughs> people who win always like super young or super old. Mm-hmm. It just always turns out that way. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's pretty crazy. I uh, I think it's kind of like a mentality thing. I don't... I don't uh, have any, like, desire to, like, play the lottery. Yeah. I like the scratch-offs here mm. and there, but actually... Yeah, but that's more of, like, a game, though. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not into gambling. I don't even go to casinos. Well, especially because the games there are different. Mm-hmm. Like, when you play blackjack at home. Right. It's not the same as the blackjack at the casino. Why not? Because it's not the same. What's the difference? They be splitting jacks and doing all type of shit. And no. I'm like, I went in there and lost my fucking money. How much did you lose? I lost $40. Well, 40 It was a charity. Uh, it was a oh, charity so you game. just donated it. Yeah, but I didn't want to. It wasn't there to win it anyway. Well, I didn't, I didn't want to donate $40. <laughs> you wanted to take $40 away? Yeah. The house always wins, Carmen. Well, apparently. I went to Vegas and... Uh, I decided I was going to play some roulette. And there's a Wesley Snipes movie. It's called Passenger 57. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, he says, always bet on black. <laughs> so I went with this mindset to Vegas. I said, you know what? I'm going to play the roulette table, and I'm going to bet on black. 
and then I'm going to win all the money because Wesley Snipes in one movie said, always bet on black, so I'm going to win all this money. You know what happened? You lost. I lost. I was up, and then I was down. I lost $200 in maybe like five minutes. Yeah, see, that's I can't do that. Yeah. Like, I watched one of my friends. She won like 500 and something dollars. And then she gambled it all away right away. She didn't right. just take the you you up like five hundred and fifty dollars. Why not take that and run with it? You only she only played with twenty bucks. Because the problem is you got that money from nothing. Like yeah. it, it was so easy to get it. So it should be easy to get more. It, it tricks your head. Yeah, I was when she won it. I was like, girl. Cash out. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the bar or something. You just want over $500 off 20 bucks. Right. And it was playing the slots, too. That's the crazy part. She knew which slots to play, and she used to win off those. And she gambled all of it away in, like, 10 minutes. And mm-hmm. she was like, damn, well, well, at least I didn't lose any money. Like, Girl, you going home with $20? You just had over 500 Right. And so she didn't actually lose any money, but she... She won, and then she gave it away. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing? That's crazy. I can't, like, I can't get behind that. Like, $500 was her rent for the month, mm-hmm. and she gave it away. She gave it away. That was it. Like, Bye-bye. Yeah. A quarter at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Playing a slot machine. <laughs> like, you're crazy. Um, Was Vegas... The best place you've ever traveled to? No. What's your <laughs> what? What's the best place you've ever traveled to? Uh, I, how do you mean? Like, what vacation did you enjoy the most? I like them all. There's hardly ever any that I don't enjoy. I like all of them. Yeah, but I would say that your New York vacation was probably wasn't as nice as your Texas one. Uh, Texas, which time? When you went to see those shows. Oh, when I went to go see Ween. Uh, two nights in Austin and the first night in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was amazing. Oh, that was a fun trip because I um, was going to go see Ween at the Bomb Factory in Houston. At the Bomb Factory in Houston and... Uh, it was a great show. I went there with a buddy of mine, Evan. And they had added two nights in Austin mm-hmm. for the rest of, after I had already had gotten that ticket. And those Austin shows, they sold out super quick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no, I can't. I could only find a ticket for the first night. But I bought the ticket, not knowing that I was going to go. Mm-hmm. And I already uh, bought a flight to go to Houston, back to Los Angeles. But I said, you know what? I'm going to take a Greyhound. I'm going to go from Houston to Austin, and I'm going to go to those shows. I was able to find one ticket, and then uh, a different person, Wien fan, said that they were going to give me their extra ticket. But whenever I got there, they didn't have that extra ticket anymore. So I went there not knowing that I was going to have a ticket. <laughs> but you got a ticket. I did. Uh, the, the gates were opening for a show, and uh, 
this typically happens at ween shows. Either you can just you know pick up a ticket for face value, or there's people standing there giving away tickets. Happens all the time, and it happened that time. And ooh, we were there. I saw the stallion sweet all five stallions. Amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. It was so good. You're a super fan. Yeah. And then I saw Angela Moore that night. Ooh. Was that the night you took that gross picture? Yeah, that gross picture. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was that <laughs> night. That's funny. Um, I've never been to Vegas before, but uh, my favorite vacation was probably, I don't know. I don't know. I think I really enjoyed Canton, Ohio. I did, though. My family was down there, and it was such a different way of living than I was used to. When I went, we were I was probably only about 16. Uh-huh. And it was interesting because, like, kids stayed out all night just riding their bikes on the block, and it was like, oh, if you want to see a fight, you got to go to the Boom Boom Room. I'm like, oh, that's where the fights happen? It's like, yeah, that's where the fights happen. It's like a little kids club or something. Like, if you want to see a fight, that's where they happen. It's like, what? Like, this small little, like, town with not much crime or anything. And, like, all the kids go down to the community center. And it was just a, it was just a nice uh, environment to, for a kid to be in, I think. To see fights at the Boom Boom Room. It was just it was just the fact that they were so disconnected. Like I'm from Detroit, so you gotta walk around, you gotta be in at a certain time, you gotta be watching your back, making sure you your ass don't get chased by a dog and like there we was just riding our bikes at three in the morning. All the parents were out on the block and like it was it was like carefree, like nobody had to watch their back and like all that shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So Yeah. The kids were just not uh the kids were sheltered, I guess. And so that was nice. It was just a, it was just a fun time. Canton was pretty cool. Why do you think Ohio has so many cities that begin to see? I don't know. Ohio's a fucking weird place, man. Like I don't know. Weirdos come from Ohio. Like uh, they're not well adjusted from that place. No, you don't think so? No. But it's your favorite place to go. It was the fav- my favorite place to visit when I was younger, uh-huh. just because of everything. Like my cousins were there. And it was just a nice getaway from Detroit at the time. Hmm. We drove in a, a semi truck all the way there. So that was interesting. It bounces who's, the who, whole time. Whose semi truck was it? My uncle. Your uncle's semi truck? Yeah, he drove trucks. Uh huh. Yeah, he, he owned a couple trucks and he went out and did his own pickups and deliveries. They now. got that air ride suspension. Yeah, and they just bounce. Yeah. It's like, damn, man, I don't like, like you this. Like floating on a cloud. Yeah, I don't. I didn't like that. And that was the whole trip. Like shit, whole trip there, whole trip back, just bouncing around. Like man, this is how truckers get that spread ass, that flat ass, that trucker butt. Yeah, the flat, flat butt. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. But yeah, I think that. Um, Ohio was probably probably one of my favorite places to go. Just because it was so chill. But I also enjoyed California. I enjoyed... 
I enjoyed California. I didn't enjoy Texas and Arizona. No? No. Fuck that. Arizona, I don't think... I, back in 2010, I took a Greyhound from... You and this damn Greyhound, I, boy. I love the Greyhound. Fuck I took that. This, I gotta get a flight. I took this Greyhound from Louisville to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And then I took it from Los Angeles to Louisville. Mm-hmm. And then I took it from Louisville to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I did 10,000 miles on a Greyhound. And They ain't got trains? I, I imagine I could have found a train. There's no trains going out of Louisville, I don't think. I think you got to go to a different city. I, th- I think you have to, if you want to take like an Amtrak mm-hmm. in and out of Louisville, the first thing you have to ride is a bus. Mm-hmm. And then the bus will take you to the train station, and then you hop on the train. Mm-hmm. Trains are expensive. They're not as cheap as what you think they are, would be. I've taken a train before. It was not that expensive. From where to where? From Texas to Detroit. No way. How much was it? Maybe a hundred bucks. No. I was going to take a train from Los Angeles to uh, St. Louis, and it was going to be like $600. I ain't pay that much for no train. Yeah. Maybe you're leaving out of Los Angeles, and they just fucking upcharge on your ass. Yeah, maybe so. But yeah, that's crazy. So, um, we've talked about if we decide to get married, that we're going to do a Vegas wedding? Sure. At Taco Bell? Yeah, Vegas at Taco Bell. (laughs) What do you think about that? That would be amazing. A Taco Bell wedding? A Taco Bell wedding is all I want out of life. Like, I think, like, (laughs) if we have the Taco Bell wedding. They serve the tacos on nice plates. (laughs) Yeah, it's supposed to be really fancy. Yeah, yeah, they put like the um, the Taco Bell sauce and like nice little like gravy boats. Yeah, <laughs> a cor- like a, uh, a little gravy boat, a fire sauce. Yeah. Ooh, man. Oh my god, everybody be shitting the next day. <laughs> when I when I was living on Catalina. I stayed, there was a span, it was the longest time that I had not leaving the rock, and I was there for maybe like six months, and the first thing that I did was go to Taco Bell, Mm -hmm. and the next day I woke up and I had a horrible headache, and I I just, I didn't want to open my eyes, (laughs) like at all, and I said, this is the Taco Bell food. It's getting me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like people eat it every day, and then they feel like this all the time, but they don't realize it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That stuff's crazy. Isn't it crazy how the things you put in your body can uh, can affect shit can like that? change the way that you feel. Yeah, like when we went to Boa and you had that steak. Yeah. You were sweaty. You were getting meat sweats oh, before man. you even finished. Probably the Fanciest place I've ever stayed. You've ever been to? I've ever been to was that Boa restaurant. Yeah, it was really nice. Really nice, and you get up, you get up to go to use the bathroom. A pack of Newport falls out of your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> pack of Newport falls out of your pocket, and then our our dude shows up with our starters. Are they called uh, hors d'oeuvres in uh, fancy speak? Yeah. 
appetizers or hors d'oeuvres. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Come out with our appetizers. And he's like, oh, there's a pack of Newports here. And he looks right at you. Because he like, he's like, these Newports came from this girl right here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking around the restaurant. It doesn't look like anybody else here is the type of person to smoke a Newport. Yeah. <laughs> and he was right. They were mine. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And then he was like, ugh. And <laughs> so then we get these... These, these and you meals. know he's probably like, I don't know if they're gonna be able to afford this meal. No, I don't think that they thought that. Even though I like, yeah, because why would you go to a place if you can't afford the meal? Yeah, we're like, oh, we'll uh, get the appetizers. Uh, we'll start off with the crab cakes. What comes? Maybe about half a crab cake came, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it was super small. Yeah, but it was this is good though. Yeah, and I had this nice piece of meat. You had and, a ribeye, I think. Yeah, and I was eating it. It was a large ribeye. Everything was going good, but then I'm like, man, it's hot in here. I was like, you're getting the meat sweats. I'm like, I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I felt so gross. Yeah, that was, it was really good steak, and the servers were really good, too. Yeah. They were on point. They were super quick and and... That restaurant is how service is supposed to run at a restaurant. At a oh. fine dining restaurant, that's how it's supposed to run. You think so? They had it down packed. The food was perfect. The servers were perfect. It was so professional from walking into the door to being seated to every fucking thing was on fucking point. Mm-hmm. And that's probably where I struggle because that's the environment that I'm the standard I'm used to working at. That's the type of food I'm used to cooking, and I'm not able to do that here. And it's frustrating. It ain't no professionalism in these restaurants. Because mm-hmm. there's so many places here, they just need bodies. So they just hire whoever. And then what I'm starting to also realize is that, like I talked to my friend last night from California that mm-hmm. I worked with at Saltwood. Okay. And... I said, I think it's time. I think my cooking career is over. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, it's not. I mean, I'm not about to try to strive to be this great chef anymore. Like, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be cooking at 50. No? No. So, it, it has to stop at some point. Like, what am I working towards exactly? What would you like to? What would you like to do? Not be working on the line at 50. <laughs> I can't be doing that, so I got to be in a different position. Uh, man, working in the kitchen when you get older, that shit just, it's a young man's sport. Oh, you think so? It is. I got all these young kids, and I got to, like, tell them shit, and I'm babysitting half the time. I, I work with a guy who's older. He looked miserable. Mm-hmm. He walking around and his feet look like they hurt. I'm like, hell no. Nah. He get paid good money, but fuck that shit. Like, he looked like, damn, boy. He's like, I've been doing this for a while. I can tell. You can't even walk on your your toes look like they don't work. <laughs> like, I'm not about to be hobbling around the kitchen at that age, so I got to I gotta start moving in a different direction. Sure. I have to do something different. I mean... It'd be nice to get a cool job at a, like if we're in L.A. or somewhere like that, work at a restaurant out there or a restaurant in New York to where, like, you really 
fucking five star doing your thing. Mm-hmm. But then what after that? Well, that's what you do. Until when? Until you're done. Look at David. I ain't retiring off cooking. I got to do something different. You don't think David can retire off of cooking? He's a business owner, though. Yeah, that's what you. That's the goal you work towards. That's what. That's what I'm working towards. Well, there I'm you saying. Go. I'm saying. I'm working towards that. I'm not working towards trying to be chef at a five star restaurant because that that is the goal when you start off. Right. But I've being in the restaurant industry. Once you realize how fucking shady and scantless it is, it's like man, you you got to play a dirty game sometimes to get ahead in the restaurant game, especially being. A little ghetto black girl from Detroit. I gotta play dirty like these other motherfuckers to get ahead, and that's just what it is. I've had people tell me, uh, "You can't be the face of this place." Mm-hmm. Just straight up, right? You are not even in the race for it, right? Because they don't want someone who looked like you representing this million dollar fucking restaurant. Sure, it don't matter if you worked for it; it's just not gonna happen. Well, that goes with anything, though. All right, so what the? Fu- All right, so what am I doing then? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's one of those things where like you gotta you gotta kiss a lot of ass. I'm not willing to do that. No? No. I'm too I'm just not doing that. My talent should speak for itself. My job is done right. I why the fuck I gotta kiss ass to like advance when I deserve it. I watched a kid buy his way to the top. Mm-hmm. You know how gross that is? He jumped over me. He took my spot as sous chef because he bought his way in. That's the way it goes sometimes. I'm not People about to be buying buying the chef things to get a position that I fucking deserve. Didn't work for it. It didn't matter. Working for it didn't get I me. I know, but you have to find the opportunity where you can work for it. Yeah. I'm in a place right now where I can make a lot of good money and right. be in a leadership position. Yeah. The food I'm doing is not at that fucking standard. Right. You you have to jeopardize, uh, jeopardize uh, culinary integrity for the money. Sure. If you're going to make the big bucks, you're not going to be cooking good food. Right. If you want benefits and you want a retirement plan from cooking, like at a hotel resort or, resort or something like that, you're not going to be cooking the food that you want. So it's it's one or the other. If you work at a nice restaurant, typically you're not going to get paid shit. Right. So even if you make it to the top, you're still not going to get paid much. Right. You look at, you go to Indeed right now, and you look at one of the top restaurants in town, and their starting rate for a line cook, and then you look at... Holy Donut. Holy Donut. (laughs) Bringing people in at $22 an hour to fucking roll donuts. Holy Donut, or I was going to go with a franchise opportunity like McDonald's. You know, just work in the window at a McDonald's and you're going to make just as much, if not even more. Probably more than you would make at a fucking uh, fine dining restaurant here. Right. That's crazy. That's crazy how it goes. Yeah. So I'm just like, man, this is something that I'm good at that I can always, it's always a backup plan. I can always find work doing it. But I have to, my, my goal has definitely changed. We need to own our own shit. Right. Need to get our own shit started. And once we get settled in, then we can get our own shit started. Got a couple things to take care of first. And then after that, we can fucking put all my energy into that. Yeah. 
Got to get that license. Yeah. So once these little <laughs> things are like taken care of, then it's like, all right, I can put all my energy into I was on that. I was thinking the other day, I was like, man, how, uh, how wild it is that I don't have a driver's license and I haven't for a long time and how weird people find that to be. <laughs> Like, like, you don't have a, a driver's license? And I was like, no. And then it's a whole thing you got to explain. You know, like, oh, I was living in a place where I didn't need a car, so I kind of just let it expire, and it's been expired for, uh, you know, over five years, so I couldn't just get, you know, my records or anything. In fact, Kentucky deleted my records of even having a, mm -hmm. a driver's license. So now i got to go through the whole process again. So when I'm going to uh, – currently I'm going to driver's school, uh, which is basically me just renting a dude's car and letting him sit with me as I drive around. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I love it. Um, only done it uh, the second time I did it. The dude was like, "Hey man, just let me know when your test is because I'm going to use this car to take the test." But hey man, just let me know when your test is. I think uh, I think you're good to go. <laughs> it's like riding a bike. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean it's. But it's been really difficult to get that stuff going. Yeah, it's it's really difficult here. Yeah. And then now the this coronavirus shit. Yeah. So it's making everything get slower. Um. So that's frustrating. I'm gonna have to pay my tickets and then get my shit. Right. Before I can even get the ball rolling here. I mean, for me, I work within distance of the, like I work in walking distance. So right. having a Having a license for me is not that big of a... I mean, the only thing we're going to be doing when we grab this car is, like, you'll be using it for work, and then we'll be able to use it to drive to Boston and shit like that and and uh, get out of Portland for a little bit. Yeah. But as far as, like, anything that I actually need is within walking distance. Yeah, it's all right here. It's all right here, so it's really no, like... And you don't want to take your car downtown anyways because then you got to pay for parking, you got to worry about parking, tickets and, like... You got to worry about tickets and... Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't don't huh? repeat me. What? <laughs> oh my god. You don't like that? Boy, you honorary. Oh man. Just like Julia said, she was right. No, she was not right. Yes, she was. Yeah. That Julia, she was sure. Don't get me started on her. <laughs> you can't get started on no old lady. Don't you even get me started oh, on Julia. Man. That's so funny. So you want to talk about this um, this article that you sent me? Oh yeah. Oh. Oh, I have it. Don't you worry, it. boo. Oh, you gonna read it out for us? I don't read the whole article, but I'm gonna read what it's about. Okay. So, it's a bunch of things to break down in this article too. So, uh, a lady named Carmen Michelle Kirk uh, was. Charged with murder after killing a lady, Michelle Mickey Moore. And she killed this lady over opiates. Mm -hmm. The the lady sold her pills, pretty much. She was the lady who sold her pills for extra money. And this woman was a junkie. And she wanted those goddamn pills. So she beat this lady to death and stole her pills. And what they're saying is that she had already planned on getting these pills from this lady. She knew that she didn't have the money and she wasn't going to pay. And she was sick because she was withdrawing. So this lady got the business. She 
beat her down and took her pills. And the lady's family was like, I know she wasn't the best person. She was selling illegal pills. But that don't mean she's supposed to get beat to death. Like, you know, the family is like, well, she died selling illegal pills. But she's an older woman and she didn't deserve that. And the crazy part about it is she's being sentenced right now. They said this happened 14 years ago. Why the fuck has she not been sentenced in 14 years? That's the... <laughs> when, I, when I read the article, it said 14 years and something. What the fuck? How you let somebody sit there for 14 fucking years without them going to trial? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says uh, Kirk pleads guilty to 2013 murder. But this article is also three years old. This article was written in July 1st, 2017. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It, uh, it Don't only... they say on there 14 years? Yeah, 14 years. Yeah. Timeline adds up. And uh, you know how I found this article? How? I Googled Carmen and Kirk. Why would you go- why you Google that? I just Googled Carmen and Kirk. And this article was the <laughs> first thing that popped up. And I was like, oh, wow. Carmen Michelle Kirk? <laughs> yeah, Carmen Michelle Kirk. Carmen Michelle Kirk killed Michelle Mickey Moore? Yeah, there's too many Michelles. I couldn't, if I found a, a, a person uh, named Mitchell... I'll be like, nah, that's my middle name. I couldn't. I just, I, just give me the pills, man. I can't harm you. Come on. We no, got this. To... This lady, she was junked out. She wanted those pills, and that lady had them. And that's what it comes down to. And it's with the souvenized suits. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm learning how to read. I just learned cursive. Now I'm learning how to read. A souvenir-sized baseball bat. That's the foot. That like little, that's a the little, little one? Yeah, the souvenir nice here. Yeah, I used to have one. Yeah. That's aggressive <laughs> to kill <laughs> somebody with that little thing. How do you do that? That's... This woman had some gumption. She was crazy. <laughs> Let that bitch just sit in jail for 14 years. Like She about to fucking, she literally about to get out on time served. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, the, the way that her time breaks down. It's kind of weird. So uh, it says uh, she got to serve thirty percent of thirty years or something. She's eighty-five percent, eighty-five percent of a twenty-year murder sentence before she begins building time against a ten-year robbery sentence. So those, she only got a couple years left on that twenty-year sentence. Yeah, but they're gonna be like, "Oh, hey, uh, you you're done with the murder? We're okay. We'll let you out for the murder." But now you gotta work on that other ten years, <laughs> so it's it's kind of a, a, the way that the justice system works like that. Like, you're like, oh, so I only have to serve eighty five percent of my twenty years, you know? So that's seventeen years. Is that right? About eight eight plus one. I don't do it like that. I do 85 times 20 divided by 100. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> About 16, 17 years. Yeah, 17. 16 and a half years or something. Yeah. 17 years. And uh, and then, so we'll let you out early. Now you got to work on that other 10. I don't know. It's just crazy. Don't do crimes. Don't do crimes. That's just it. Don't. But look at that kid, Khalif Browder. Like what happened to him? He was Who's a that? 
he was a 15-year-old child, and he got arrested because somebody said, he stole my backpack. Mm-hmm. He was like, I don't even have a backpack. I didn't steal any backpack. I don't have a backpack. Like, right. I don't have this shit that they said I stole. They said he looked like somebody who stole their backpack. They stopped the kid, arrested him. They didn't know what to do with him. Mm-hmm. They, and they just threw him into Rikers Island. It was like, well, they have a juvenile world that war there. We'll throw him there into his court date. Right. They threw him on Rikers Island for his court date, and they set a bond for him. And his mom had couldn't bail him out. And so he sat there on suspicion of stealing a backpack for three fucking years. They mm-hmm. just lost his paperwork. Right. And his mom. I don't know. I look at his mom like, what the fuck was you doing, bitch? You let your son sit in there for three fucking years? You couldn't get up to... You better fucking take a loan out or something. Get somebody to do something. You need to get him out for three fucking years. I don't feel like she tried hard enough. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? I don't fucking care. Like, you my boyfriend, and I don't care how much fucking money I had. I would fucking figure out a way to pay... $3,000 $3,000 in bond to get you out within three fucking years. I don't care if I got other kids and all that. Fuck them fucking nappy head kids ain't getting their hair done this week. Y'all not, y'all about to be wearing the same clothes, but I got to get you out. She I didn't think for fucking... the amount of time that our kids had hair until they become a bald man like myself. <laughs> you get the point. I like, think that their hair is going to be beautiful. How could you let your child just sit there for that long and like, I don't got the money to get him out? He... For stealing a backpack, mm-hmm. they they just lost his paperwork. Like once they once she finally was able to get the money to buy get a lawyer, the and they was like, why is he still in jail for suspicion of stealing a backpack three years later? And it was like, hey, they came to him and was like, hey, if you plead guilty, we let you out today. And mm-hmm. he was like, no, I didn't fucking steal a backpack. Right. And then afterwards, you know what they did? They dropped all the charges because the attorneys was like, dude, what are y'all doing? Mm-hmm. Y'all about to be in some trouble for this shit. Right. They was beating him up in there, and the guards was beating him up and doing all type of shit to him. They had him in solitary confinement for, like, two of those three years. That's crazy. And so he got out, and the family, of course, got millions of dollars for them, like, doing that to him. Mm-hmm. But then he killed himself. Yeah. Uh, like, half a year after he got out. Did he? Yeah. So, like, he was fucking tortured. His mom said he literally would just walk the four corners of the driveway all day. Mm-hmm. Because that's all he could do when he was in that box. Right. And that's what he would do. She's like, for months, he just walked the four corners of the room or the, or the driveway. Like, he was fucked up after that. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even commit a crime, and that happened to him. He was just right. at the wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. So, but yeah, I couldn't take that jail life. Mm-hmm. I also couldn't see myself leaving a family member in jail for that long. No, that's crazy. I'm just forgetting, like... Like, I'm looking at his mom. I'm like, this bitch don't got no edges. You already know she a little bit. Some oh, edges her. are eat up. Her, her edges is ate up. <laughs> Damn, girl. See, that's the problem right there. You ain't got no edges. You like, think if she had some edges? Or... She'd probably make better decisions. Kid would make better choices? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> He'd be like, I got to make my mama proud because she got those edges. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it works like that. No. Uh I don't know. You got to keep your kids close, especially when you grow up in an environment like that. Mm-hmm. Like, my mom, when we grew up, my mom was like, don't go no fucking where. 
Like, you stay by me the whole time. You Like, we couldn't go. We had to be watched to go a few houses down right. to play with our friends. Tony couldn't lead a block till he was, like, 10. Right. He couldn't even ride around the corner. Like, my mom was like, uh-uh, you got to be where I can see you at. Like, she didn't, we wasn't able to leave her fucking sight while, when we were small kids. Like, we didn't have an opportunity. And then if we did something wrong, my dad whooping your ass. So it was like, okay, you probably don't want to do nothing wrong. If you find out, you're going to get your ass whooped. Right. So it just kind of made things different for us. And we were sheltered for sure when we were younger. Yeah. We wasn't just uh, walking around just doing whatever. You, at what point do you think that it's okay to uh, have a sheltered child? Because you, I think you come to a point to where it's a weird situation. You don't you don't want them to be exposed to everything, right? Right. But you want them to have experiences at some point. You know. I mean the way like, that, how do you, how the do way that it happened that for me shaped the way that I was. I was sheltered and I didn't know about. I didn't know the difference between white and black. I didn't know what the fuck gay was. And then I go to a fucking school that 70% of it is gay. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, what's happening? I had no fucking clue what was going on. I was like, and before I got there, people was like, oh, you're going to the gay school. I'm like, what is that? Mm -hmm. I had no fucking clue because nobody talked about it. Right. No one, like, no one at school talked about gay my not in fucking junior high and elementary. My mom and dad didn't talk about it. I don't think we ever saw it on t our TV shows and shit was censored. We only can watch what my mom allowed us to watch when we were mm -hmm. younger. So we, we just wasn't exposed to that. Right. And it was like, oh, my God, mine was blown. Mm -hmm. And then when I started working with older people, I think I was more susceptible to, to follow their lead because the things they were doing I had never experienced before. I thought they were super cool. And I had no fuck like they were doing things you hadn't seen before. Yeah. Like, oh wow, I'm gonna learn something from this person. No, like I start smoking weed, and mm -hmm. then I realize my parents been up there smoking weed all this time. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what that funny smell was till I right. started smoking. Like we were just fucking stupid, I guess. Yeah. We were just blind to so many things, and then it made us. It made me want to go try different stuff and do different shit because I was like, damn, I've been missing out on this all this time. Mm -hmm. I didn't know this. I didn't know this. So, I don't know. Start yeah. You start sneaking out the house and doing but shit like that. But imagine if you're, if you're, you know, five years old and you're like, oh, yeah, I started smoking weed when I was five. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't be like that. No, you know? I get that. <laughs> My friend Eric was like that. He started smoking cigarettes at like the age of eight or nine. You'd be like in a, he didn't have, he didn't have like parental figures. He lived with his grandma. She had already raised her kids and she mm -hmm. kind of just, she took care of him, but she didn't really watch him the way she should have been. She's an older woman and she'd just be smoking cigarettes and like nine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he didn't turn out very well in life. Like he's all fucked up right now. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's not the way to go for sure. But like you said, it has to be, you have to expose kids to something. You don't want them to be completely, uh, you don't want them to be unprepared in situations. Right. Yeah, you got to give them something. Something. But what's too much? I don't know. I don't, you never know. No, I don't know. I think if we had a kid, uh, I would try to relate as far as like what I wanted when I was that age. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. As long as you're not too crazy, because you will get that ass whooped. 
Yeah. I remember when my my world was shattered and I was uh I must have uh I can't remember what I did. I think I hid like a a test or something that I got poor marks on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh my uh my mother she she knew that the, that test was somewhere because I had been studying for the test. She's like, "Where's the test?" blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, "I don't know. The teacher hasn't given it back to us yet." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, okay." Uh and then a couple days later she's like, "Oh, what did you get on that test?" And I was like, "Oh, I don't know." And she was like, "Give me that test." I was like, "What do you mean?" And she's like, I was young once. I know you didn't do good on that test. <laughs> <laughs> she already knew. I was like, how'd she know? No. <laughs> you think you know everything. Yeah, you, you know everything. But, you know, they know things too. So, yeah. That's just the way it is. My dad used to always say, like, so goddamn smart, you're dumb. Yeah. Like, you think you know everything. You don't know shit. You don't know nothing. I'm like, like I used to hate that. So goddamn smart, you're dumb. And then you know that they're right, and you don't want them to <laughs> I because know. you want to be this rebellious person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's a weird thing. That age is definitely weird. Um, that 14 to, I would say, 13 to 17 category is definitely a really weird time. Mm-hmm. But um, So let's talk about this Hustlers movie you watched. Oh, no, we got to save that for next time. My battery's about to die. All right, then. I guess that's the end of it. If you have any uh, comments or questions, then go to sweetgravypot at gmail.com and leave a comment. And uh, I think that's it for now. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's embarrassing, Gilman. You're the producer. She's been with you a year and a half.